Welcome to the Evolve Pod, brought to you by Evolve Wellbeing Group. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 20 of the Evolve Pod. The beautiful sun is shining. I would say I'm looking out of my window, but the curtains are closed to, to keep the, the room nice and cool. But yeah, it's really good to have some really nice weather back with us. And as a kind of uh, follow on from last week, I spoke to Alistair Duns about his relationship from from sailing with his uh, journey through cancer. And I've got another relationship with the sea today. I'm bringing you a channel swimmer who's a friend of mine we met back in, I think it was 2014 on a swimming coaching qualification course. And we've kind of kept in contact via social media ever since following each other's uh, challenges and endurance efforts etc and uh, I'm really pleased to introduce you all to Lucy Ashdown Parks. Lucy thanks so much for coming on today I'm really looking forward to getting into your your journey with your channel swimming but how are you you okay? Yeah yeah I'm all good thank you for having me on. Really good. <laughs> no problem at all I think you've got a really strong story to share with us in terms of sort of resilience towards endurance sports and there's quite a lot to get into but I mean, first of all, like, you know, to sit where you are now, how does it feel to be referenced as a channel swimmer? Oh, it's just brilliant. It's it's the most amazing thing. And it's it's just something that stays with you, that no one can ever take that away from you to be a channel swimmer. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it's um, we're going to get into channel swimming and we might as well start now. It's the it's one of the world's toughest endurance challenges for many, many reasons. Yeah. Has it has it been on your radar for, for a long time? Has it always been a dream of yours to have a crack at the channel or is it was just kind of a few logical steps that suddenly it became an opportunity? Yeah, I think it was it's something that's that's interested me. Not I it hasn't been on my radar since I was young or anything. Um I started running in 20 2008 when my son was two and um then got into triathlon and then from then progressed to open water and I'd say that was the beginning of my journey to thinking about channel swimming um yeah it sort of it was always like a sort of pipe dream that I never thought I could actually make reality but yeah that's really yeah. Really, really cool that it's um it's kind of you know perceived as a pipe dream but yet you now reflecting back it's it's been achieved you've done it and it wasn't an easy journey which we're definitely going to come into <laughs> but what so you got into endurance sports when your son was two years old um or into yeah, into, into yeah. running was that for yeah. what what was the reason for getting into it was it just to kind of get some fitness back or the distraction what yeah, was the kind I think of it, the, yeah I think it was just sort of fitness and and uh, yeah I guess a distraction as well just sort of starting something new in my life and um and having some time for myself something that I could do go off and do you know while my husband looked after my son and yeah sort of challenge myself a bit yeah and I think there's uh there's come some logical steps to getting from sort of starting it's not an uncommon story to start running to then get into triathlon and then sort of start to look at a little bit more of the the endurance stuff was it a yeah. quite, quite a chronological journey for you in terms of just sort of going to the next distance with triathlon for example yeah, well, I'd say I went from sprint triathlon quite quickly to wanting to do Ironman. Um, and I did Ironman distance before Olympic distance. So, yeah, I did two Ironman distance triathlons. Um, 
yeah which was was really good I'd say the first one I probably wasn't quite ready for I wasn't didn't quite have the fitness for um then took a year out and just cycled and then went back to Ironman distance the following year and yeah yeah it's good it's good it's a really good achievement to have have done and I guess that gave me the confidence to then think about doing something like a channel swim because I knew I could I knew I had got the endurance to do stuff like that yeah I think a lot of the mindset towards things like a channel swim or things like an Ironman you know it's built up over time and over experience that it's not just the achievement of that one race, but the training, the months of commitment and effort coming back from injury, et cetera, really build this resilience to allow you to have the confidence to even consider a channel swim, yeah. let alone like train up to it and get yourself to Dover to be sort of in the water ready to go. I think yeah. that takes a lot of time. And it's interesting you said the first time you went for the Ironman, probably weren't quite ready for it. Mm. um and probably had a better experience the second time because you've prepped you're ready you've got more experience to build upon yeah 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 I I think also with me it was actually having my son and and going to be honest going through childbirth and the early early sort of stages of of having a baby um like that gives you good endurance if you can get through that you can get through anything (laughs) 100% I'm not going to argue with that 100% and actually a while ago, I read, I read a paper on functional fitness, and it was the it was the argument of the paper was that the best uh, example of functional fitness was a pregnant woman who's about to give birth because the body has yeah. gone through these amazing changes to allow a given thing to happen. And if we look at fu- functional fitness in sport, I'm a firm believer that when you set a challenge, set yourself a challenge, yes, all the fitness things you can do, all the training, the nutrition, and everything that you do to build up towards that challenge is all really important. But equally, if you trust the process and trust yourself. There's a lot of changes that will happen within your body, you know, your mindset, your brain's constantly subconsciously getting you ready for this event to help you get prepared. I find that side of the sort of preparation really interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. Trusting that you can control all the controllables and having faith that everything will go your way. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you look look back on all of your... um, sort of endurance challenges and races and events etc that you've done would you say what have you always been kind of a strong swimmer or have you had times when you know cycling's potentially been your strongest discipline or your favorite discipline or has it always been swimming that's been the one thing that if you had to do anything forever it'd be swimming yeah I, I think swimming swimming's always been a really important for me um just to have that feeling of being in the water I just love being in the water um, but I did the the year I took between the two Ironmans. I I just concentrated on cycling, so I was just swimming for pleasure, really. Um, and I'd say out of the three disciplines, I was the strongest cyclist, and I was a swimmer. So I've had really had to work at my swimming to get to get to where I am now. I'm, I wouldn't I wasn't a club swimmer in my youth, so I'm I sort of not not a natural swimmer. It's sort of come later in life. Um, so yeah definitely something I've really had to work on and through the so you, you, you say it's interesting I find it really interesting you say you're not a natural swimmer and you know what does like what does swimming give you because obviously I'll follow you on social media and some of your posts when you're in the water when you're you've kind of just come out of the sea down in Dover and you can see you've got this kind of fuzzy ice cream head kind of atmosphere going on but yeah mm-hmm. there's this 
there's this look of real accomplishment and happiness and kind of joy. What for you as an individual, let alone being a channel swimmer, what does getting in the sea and swimming, what does that mean for you? I I just absolutely love it. Just the feeling of being in the water and getting a whole different perspective on looking back onto land. And it's just like a completely different place. Um, I've always felt, especially in open water, that you're sort of out of the box and you're, you're totally away from, from, you know, life and um, sort of in your own little world. It's, it's just such an amazing feeling. Yeah, is it? It's so last uh, the last episode of the pod. Uh, we're talking to Alistair about sailing. And he he's, he mentioned about being in the middle of the ocean and not being able to see everything, see any any land or anything, and it being really serene and peaceful. Yeah, and I get the impression from how you're sort of putting it that what you do is almost the next step of actually connecting with that experience by being in the water. And like you say, being out of the box and really kind of parking everything, all our day to day stuff, parking it on land and leaving mm. it for, well, in your case, maybe seven or eight hours yeah. <laughs> in, in, this, in a, on a training session in the sea. But, but being at, at peace and in that serene environment, potentially, even when it's a bit choppy, but still yeah. finding that peace and that freedom, which which must be really liberating for you. Yeah, it's quite meditative and you just kind of have to sort of get yourself into a zone and and you think thoughts but they sort of come and go like bubbles and and yeah you just just sort of roll with everything and and just stay in the moment really but my question on that on staying in the moment and this is something that I struggle with with my own swimming is I have a maybe it's my attention span and this probably says more about me but I have a kind of maximum of maybe an hour to an hour and a half of swim time in me before I either just kind of feel like that's enough for me or I get potentially a little bit bored and I'm kind of like okay my mind's switching almost back on I'm kind of done with swimming now mm. but the type of challenges that you do and the training sessions you do I mean a, a, a decent training session for you is what six hours seven hours season yeah maybe? yeah like yeah you keep your head down in the water for the majority of that time how do you keep your mind occupied focused um aware because obviously you've got to be aware of yourself and whether you're getting cold or whether you you know need to eat refuel or anything like that How, for seven hours because when you're riding a bike or running or doing pretty much any other sport there's lots of other things that can distract you and keep you kind yeah. of on point but with your head down in the water looking into the sort of murky sea what what's going through your mind to keep you engaged yeah so i i I swim from feed to feed. So say if I feed every hour, then then I just sort of break it down into hour chunks. Um, the, the things do change in the environment because um, I swim in Dover Harbour and you you see the, I mean, obviously the tide goes in and out. So the closeness to the shore and you see, you know, things going on on the seafront, you see the ferries coming in and out. So there are distractions, um, but usually I am sort of thinking about the next feed coming into that feed right it's going to be like another hour or so before I come back in again um it I do find it is really important that you do have to stay stay in your head and not not sort of go off into your own little world because obviously you do have to be very aware of of your body and and where you are and like you say that you're not getting too cold so yeah you have to still stay quite quite focused but but in a meditative state I'd say 
Yeah, okay. and that, how long did it kind of take you to get used to the cold water? Because that's a whole different ball game. You know, I think a lot of the people listening to this podcast will potentially have done some open water swimming, you know, with a wetsuit, some without. Um, I know a few people that are kind of have penciled in a challenge such as the channel. How long does it take to kind of get a climb? not just acclimatized, but sort of mentally and physically accepting of the, the colder temperatures? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't found it too difficult. I, um, I'd say, I mean, I, I'm quite new to being out of a wetsuit, to be honest. It was probably 2018 that I started seriously swimming without one. Um, and I've sort of built up from there. Um, I, I'm pretty good in cold temperatures now, but it's, it's more of an acceptance, which I do... I have to be really careful to say that to people so they don't then try and push too much themselves um but say like if I get claw hands then I know that I can warm myself up and that I can have a warm feed but that that's just come with experience it's it's um yeah you have you do have to be really careful in the cold in the cold temperatures just Um, for the benefit of the listener can you explain what claw hands might be so your hands you just they just go like claws <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. fingers splayed out and um you can't really catch the water um it's that's it's quite it can be quite painful as well <laughs> and yeah I can't feel your feet can't feel your fingers yeah the arms go quite solid um yeah yeah so, so that experience <laughs> when you when you get claw hands and the cold feet and the sort of almost the numbness when you get out of the water I've talked about it before on the podcast. Is, is that what you consider as type two fun? So while you're going through that process of being <laughs> chuffing freezing and kind of, you know, I can't hold and I can't hold my, my refuel bottle. But yet when you get out of the water, you're kind of like, that was awesome. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's a bit like like winter rides that, that are just horrific <laughs> on the bike and, and <laughs> hard runs. But that's, I've always said yeah. that's what warm showers and hot drinks are for. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And layers. Yeah 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 <laughs> um, so so I want to bring it to to the channel now and, and I want to kind of explain the the landscape of, of what happened last year so Lucy went for uh went for a swim in the channel and we, to, to, to do the channel crossing and unfortunately on the first one was not particularly successful and we're going to talk about that and went back and did it again um a few weeks later successfully which that in itself is a really cool topic but before we get to that point when did you decide that okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it and you kind of confirmed by booking it all and and everything and how long did the kind of training process take from sort of almost going right I'm gonna swim the channel this is my date and how did that sort of process work because it's not just kind of like I'm gonna go to the swimming pool and do a couple of lengths you've got to Mm. do qualification swims you've got to you know expose yourself to those conditions etc so can you just give us an idea of what that might have looked like in terms of time scales and commitment etc yeah so I I looked at doing a relay um and I guess at the back end of 2018 um I got signed up with a a relay team for charity um so I started training for for my relay um and that was going to be in July 2019 the early part of that year I then started thinking about doing a solo um and actually then booked a solo for 2021 um carried on training for the relay and just absolutely loved it um went out with the with our relay team in 
um, I think it was July 2019. And basically, I didn't want to get out of the water. I, I loved it. <laughs> I didn't want to get back on the boat and let anyone else swim. Is that an hour, an hour per swimmer, an hour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, an hour per swimmer. So I was lucky enough to start that relay. Um, and also I got to got to swim in um, and I didn't finish it, but I got to swim in with the finisher as well. Um, and I, I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. We were a 17 hour team, which is a reasonably long for a relay. Um, but I loved the night swims. I just loved everything about about the experience being on the boat swimming under the stars it was just absolutely amazing so I knew then I was in the right place for for heading towards a solo and then 2019 I started um doing some longer distance swims so I went up to I did about three six hour swims um in 2019 and then in November I got a I was calling my pilot and asking if I could bring my swim forward to 2020 and he actually had a slot became available in July 2020. So I booked in with him. Um, and then obviously COVID happened early 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that hit my training quite hard. Um, so it wasn't a very easy run into, into my channel training because basically I didn't swim for eight weeks um, during lockdown. And um, then lockdown ended and I actually only had eight weeks to then start back swimming and train do my qualifier which is six hours at um, less than 16 degrees um, do my qualifier uh, get all my long swims in and then taper within eight weeks to then do my channel swim so, so in, yeah so that was... the challenge of lockdown obviously it throws up a whole lot of challenges for everybody for yeah. a channel for a channel swimmer uh throws up a fair few issues in terms of <laughs> getting the miles in getting the temperature you know um you know your body exposed to the temperature of the water and mm. so I've seen it and for the benefit of the listeners I recommend you go online and, and <laughs> look up Lucy and go on her social media because you spent some of the time sitting in a in a wheelie bin full of ice cold water yeah um, which to many people would be crazy like what the hell are you doing being full of cold yeah. ice cold water but for a channel swimmer you know that yeah, is it's quite normal think, it's thinking well it's thinking outside the box I can't get to yeah. the sea so I'm gonna you know expose myself to the cold water temperatures so yeah. it's got a really great thing to do and what other things outside of the water do you need to consider in terms of getting prepped for a channel swim so obviously the swimming um, is one part one massive part of it but yeah so so because I couldn't swim, I, I, I'm a great believer in marginal gains and I was looking at what things I could control because I obviously couldn't control the swimming part of it. So um, I did a lot of fitness work. I was I was on the bike, on the turbo, running, um, doing long runs because I figured if I could do long runs, then that was going to build up the endurance. So when I then got back into the water, I was would be in a good place mentally to then do long swims um I was sort of working on my nutrition on my planning um I did a fair amount of visualization of how my swim was going to look um so I just I just worked on worked on those those things um whilst I couldn't swim yeah I think it's you know it's come up already in this podcast it's come up in lots of the ones I've done before about controlling what you can and making a plan mm. using those factors 
Um, yeah, really interesting. And I think, you know, let's get into the first channel swim. Yeah. Talk, talk us through it. I, 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 you know, I've got questions I could ask, but I think it's best to give it to you to kind of talk us through through how, how that went as an experience. Yeah, so like I said, I had eight weeks to train. Um, at the beginning of the channel season, none of the swims were allowed to go out, obviously because of issues with landing on, landing in France. Um, you couldn't stay on a boat overnight. So that the first swims that went out, I was on. I was the first tide of swimmers that went out. I think there was three of us doing solos that that day. Um, and it was a lovely day. Twelfth um, of July. Um, left um, the beach at Dover at three o'clock in the morning. I had great, great support team with me. I had great support from the beach. There's lots of cheering as I went off. Sun came up. It was looking like a really good day. I was really relaxed, really chilled. We had a few issues on the way. Um, saw a few migrant boats. Catamaran was sinking <laughs> near us. Wow, okay. <laughs> an oil tank across crossed my path and I had to I was asked to float for a few minutes which is quite hard um, and it was all looking good and until about two o'clock in the afternoon I started getting doubts that that this was going to happen and the doubts just sort of carried on carried on throughout the swim um, eventually I mean I I swam for 18 hours and 53 minutes um, which is a very long, long time. Um, we were coming into Cap Brunet, um, the end of the swim. And I think what really finished it off for me, there's a lot of lobster pots around that area. So the pilot boat was having to manoeuvre around lobster pots. So quite dangerous for the boat. Um, we had a yacht heading towards us, which my pilot boat couldn't get radio contact with. So I was, I was told I had to stop. Um, come come into towards the boat and they were sounding sirens and flashing the yacht to get them to sort of give way to us because we couldn't give way to them and then I started back swimming and it was quite dark I, I just then became really confused and I think I just sort of lost lost my brain really um so at 300 meters to go my pilot it said it wasn't safe for the swim to carry on um and the swim was aborted after 18 hours 53 minutes with 300 meters to go to the french coast so 300 was... meters in the in you know perspective of the distance you swam up to that so it was 18 hours and 53 minutes you say yeah yeah what distance was that uh well because it because um, the way the tides work, so obviously it's a it was a very long track. It was a very funny tide. It, it pushed us. Um, we'd I'd got stuck on the tide. I was basically stuck for pretty much a couple of hours without moving. So yeah, I was very close, very close. Oh man, three hundred meters. I mean, like, <laughs> three hundred meters. <laughs> I'm a runner, so I think in terms of running tracks, that's like it's not yeah. even a lap of the track. Oh my god. No. Um, Wow. Yeah. You said just now about after 11 hours at 2 p.m., you started to doubt whether it was possible. How did yeah. that manifest? Because I've had that before in races or mm. endurance things where 
it's kind of for, for me I know myself it's quite normal for me to question myself on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it yeah yeah and a few times it's come up as you can you're not gonna be able to do this but mm. I'd like to explore that with you a little bit how how that was that kind of like a belief that grew inside you as that challenge went on or was it just one of those things that you know it would have you know, it happens all the time in in endurance things that you do mm, it was um you're told not to look at the look at France and not look back at England um but I could just see I could see we weren't getting any closer and like I, I was sort of stuck in this in this tide and I knew I wasn't getting getting any getting any closer basically so it just started um the the doubts were niggling in my mind but I knew I wasn't going to get out there was there was no way anyone was going to get me out I was I was told by my coach to just you know carry on turning your arms until you get to France and basically that's that's what I did and even when I was pulled out I was still the arms were still turning over just the brain had completely Mm. disengaged at that point um yeah so it, it it's I say it's very hard when you see when you see how how far France is and it just it doesn't ever seem to get any closer you could see houses in the distance but they they're just the same size hours after hours they don't, don't ever seem to get any any nearer uh, what you described uh, the uh, you know the yacht coming towards you the sirens going off the mm the kind of confusion for for you had been in the water cold water for 18 hours plus yeah sounds to me it sounds <laughs> like chaos um yeah what was yeah, your the, do, do you feel like it was the right call from yeah, the, to- yeah totally it was the right completely the right decision I said no one else could have got me out but the pilot when he when he said he he called it that that was it I I was I was out um yeah completely the right decision I was swimming away from the boat they had to get whistles out to whistle me back to try and get me back on course I I just didn't have an an idea where I was to be honest which was quite yeah it's quite scary to to look back and think I could get myself into that state that that you just carry on swimming but I was swimming because that's what I was told to do so (laughs) I mean I I can't imagine what that must have felt like and particularly with the confusion getting back onto the boat being Mm. cold being sort of you're confused bit days yeah it must have taken days to really sink in the how close 300 meters how close you got to achieving your goal yeah, I mean, I got I got back on the boat and I wasn't sure whether I'd done it or or hadn't done it. I knew I was in obviously in French France inshore waters, so I knew I was very close. I knew that the rib the escort small rib boat had come out to see me in, and I I actually thought I'd done it at one point. It was only when one of the crew said that was so close, it's a shame it's not a ratified swim, but it actually sunk in that I hadn't actually landed it. Oh um wow okay yeah and then and then the next the next few days it 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 kind of all I had so much social media response from it because I had a lot of people watching obviously being the first swimmer one of the first swimmers going out 
So a lot of people have watched my journey and watched how close I was. And the response I had just from the Channel Swimming community was absolutely amazing. I had so many messages from people that that I vaguely knew, people that I'd never met were sending me personal messages saying how inspired they'd felt by my swim and how amazing it was that I'd kept going. Um, but for me, it was still a failure. Um, people were saying, but you you were so close to French to French soil you you basically you did it you did the channel and I said no I didn't it was in my view it was a failure because I didn't achieve the goal that I set out to do which was to stand on a French beach to to actually land it I mean um, I, yeah there's yeah there's so much positives when you know people sending all those messages and mm. I can imagine if I put myself in your shoes in that scenario great to hear of all that stuff brilliant well you know that's kind of it's empowering and etc but equally you know someone like yourself you'd set yourself a challenge and and you haven't quite made it yeah yeah you've got got two decisions you've got a decision to make there you either let it go and move on Mm. or you have you come and have another crack yeah and the amazing thing I found about this was because I think we we had swapped a few messages and you, you said you were going to go for it again. And I yeah. remember thinking, wow, like, fair play. Because I, I didn't realise you were going to go for it again in such a short space of time. And so you've got this, like, eight-week build-up to the first attempt mm. because of lockdown and stuff. And then you gave yourself another eight-week build-up to the second one. Yeah. Was, it, yeah. was it kind of like, okay, I've really got to go and put this to bed. I know I can do it. Yeah, I knew I could do it because I knew I'd been able to swim that distance. And if I'd kept my head and I had a bit more luck on my side, I would have landed it. So I knew I could do it. Um, I, I, I kept my booking for 2021. So I knew that I could always have another crack at it next year. Um, but sitting, I'd, I'd had a chat with my coach and a chat with another experienced channel swimmer um and we just came up with a decision actually we're going to give it another go this year so rang up my pilot and covid actually played in my favor because a lot of um swimmers from abroad couldn't come over and take up their slots so there was a few few slots available usually you have to book the channel so three years in advance um but he was able to to squeeze me in for another swim we actually decided on six weeks. It was supposed to be six weeks later that I was going to do my swim. And we felt that six weeks was going to give me enough chance to to um, pick it up again, taper down again and um, and have, a, have another shot at it. Um, when I actually, obviously, I had to pay all the fees again. So that was the best part of three and a half grand. And oh. when I paid those fees, I couldn't actually lift my arms above my head. <laughs> say what are you doing (laughs) brilliant but yeah uh, paid the fees I actually had a relay I booked a relay for August with the same pilot so I could carry on training under the radar Um, I only told a few few close friends that I was going to give another have another go at it the same year Um, so I could carry on swimming carry on training with my coach and I think everyone just thought I was training for my relay. Um, so I went out on the relay in August and that that was amazing because it, I could get back on the same boat that, I'd, that I had been on before. Um, 
just getting back on the boat was was like very emotional for me because I was actually taken off the boat by ambulance crew and the coast guard had had to help me off the boat I was checked out by the ambulance in Dover um so to then get to go back to that space again and have those memories of how my first swim had finished so the relay was was really good for me and my pilot actually let me swim in with the last swimmer so he put me in at 300 meters to go the point where I failed (laughs) And, and I got to have a really positive experience how did that feel yeah it was brilliant it was it was really really good just really good to be on the boat um and then so I should have gone six weeks later but as is quite standard with the channel we got weathered out we couldn't go that week um and then then a good slot came up eight weeks after my first swim so so yeah took that one that, yeah, yeah. I say it was a good slot. It was a, it was going to be a shorter weather window than we thought I would need, because it, the first swim was obviously so long at eighteen hours. Um, I thought it was going to be a much longer swim, um, and we knew we probably had about fifteen hours of good weather, so, and it was just hopefully I could get into French waters and and it would be calm enough for me to carry on and land the swim. But it wasn't. I didn't go out with very much confidence on the second swim that conditions were going to allow me to to make it. On the second swim, so you're standing at Dover, ready to go, sort of yeah. ankles, knees in the water. What was going through your mind there? You know, you've got all the experience of everything you've done since 2008 when you started this kind of, or 2008-9 when you started this journey mm. with sort of sport and exercise. All the experience through Ironman, through cycling through ultra running etc so you're swimming training you've had one crack at the channel eight weeks ago everything you learned from there is being checked out by an ambulance and then the weather window what was going through your mind on that second attempt to because there must have been an element of control and and at peace with what you were doing I was absolutely scared (laughs) I was so scared (laughs) I mean what was it okay so I'll rephrase the question then. so fear is a good thing fear is a really yeah. good thing because it kind of gets you on point it gets you on edge yeah. but to a certain degree so it sounds like you, you you were scared but it must have been at a level that was acceptable to you to allow you to push you to perform in the way that you did yeah I I went out I didn't I didn't honestly think it was going to be a good swim again I, I didn't go out with much confidence um, I spoke recently to to one of my support crew and she said you your head wasn't in the right place at all I'm surprised <laughs> it went so well I felt quite numb to it all I felt because of the whole experience before I felt I felt you know I've just just quite numb I can't it wasn't euphoric beginning it, you know when I started the swim it was kind of I've just get, I've got to get on with the job and as far as I had it in my head I'm just going to swim as far as I can and see what happens um yeah that's yeah just just give it as give it my best 
and um, if it didn't and if it didn't happen it didn't happen I still had a booking for the following year yeah, yeah, yeah. the last conversation I'd had was with my mum she said <laughs> and I said look I'm gonna go for it again she said go for it and I said well if I if I don't make it can I borrow three and a half grand <laughs> she said well you're not having another go in this year yeah wow well, <laughs> well I mean on a serious note you know you, you all these things it's all part adds to the pressure you go you got the yeah. you got the sacrifice the self-sacrifice that you've made you know in terms of your time and your dedication to training for such a massive event you've also got the financial yeah. sacrifice that you've put in so you've doubled your financial sacrifice to, to yeah. the channel already and that I don't really I don't really know what your <laughs> thoughts are on it but you know that does play in on on some on an on an emotional level at some at some in some way they, it's the most the most expensive 300 meters isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah great that's the pounds per meters yeah um well i mean okay so you, you, you've got going on the second channel swim and you're saying you're not particularly confident as mm. you set off and, it, and, it, and that sounds like it was visibly you know with one of your crew saying your head's not in the right place or wasn't in the right place etc how yeah. did you how did you turn that around then did you get I, sort of halfway across and you suddenly think I tell you what I've got this no I'd say it was further than halfway and I thought actually maybe this is possible maybe maybe I can actually make it um I, there's there's the point where the boat the pilot boat can't get any further in and they put the rib out to escort you in and that's that's usually you you know you've got it at that point you know you know you can land the swim but even then I thought you you don't know what's going to happen I've I've been here before <laughs> and until I was actually standing on that beach I, I didn't quite believe that I was going to land it um when you when you don't make a channel swim you you um you don't get an official swim track you don't get sent the map of of your swim track and that's what I really wanted I wanted that that swim track I wanted um I wanted it to be acknowledged as a swim so as much as everyone says you know you want to go and get the pebble from the beach in France it wasn't the pebble for me it was it was to have that 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 map to have that route of of where I'd swum um amazing yeah. amazing and standing on that beach in France mm. did you take <laughs> Did you take time to, were you able to reflect? I mean, how long did the second one take you? How, how long were you swimming for? Uh, 14 hours, oh, wow, 20 okay. minutes. Smashed it. <laughs> it's a pretty good PB. <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. smashed it. And yeah. yeah, but I mean, I can't, I have no idea what that must have felt like standing on the other end of, of, you know, of, the, yeah. of the channel swim. It was, Unbelievable. It was so amazing. I, I think made so much sweeter from having the failure, but to to stand on that beach it's 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 like the you know everything it was Christmases birthdays everything weddings mm. everything all came in together it was it was amazing to to sort of think I've I've done this I've I've got all the way I've got all the way from England to France I've swum to another country it's, mm, yeah. it's amazing <laughs> and what I really love about this and you know things like channel swimming is that you know you you are you know you you're also an everyday person a teacher yeah. uh a swimming coach yeah. um but you also you've done something extraordinary by 
you know, self-propelling mm. <laughs> across across the channel. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying no one can take that away from you. You'll always go not. down in. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think it's, you know, that'll trump anything <laughs> in most <laughs> scenarios. Um, that's yeah. just brilliant. I mean, what's what, what? So I have this thing of, you know, you know, challenges, they potentially get bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what's around the corner for you next? Um, so I'm I'm taking on the North Challenge Channel, which is Ireland to Scotland this year. Okay. <laughs> which is um, pretty epic in terms of swims. It's it's one of the most extreme swims there is. <laughs> so so by the sounds of it, harder than the Channel. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of yeah. distance, temperature, conditions, or or everything. Yeah. Um. It's a lot colder. I mean, even just to qualify for a North Channel, you need to do six hours at um, th- less than 13 degrees, whereas the English Channel is less than 16 degrees. So just to just to get through the qualifiers, pretty, pretty good going. Um, and then obviously the the jellyfish in the North Channel, which um, there's a lion's mane jellyfish. Mm-hmm. So that's that's quite, quite deadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So I'll be giving that giving that my best shot in oh, you know amazing. around August time. Yeah. Before we get into some questions that um, a couple of the listeners wanted to, to to put towards you, what going back to the channel? What is it like to swim the channel? You know, when I think of open water swimming, the, the type of open water swimming that I quite enjoy is where it's really peaceful and you know you're in somewhere that's quiet and there's not many other people around and you can go swimming and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But the channel is kind of unpredictable. yeah yeah what's what's it like to swim it um it's 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 brilliant it's it's just amazing um lots of ferries um lots of tankers um well I saw an oil rig under tow went past me (laughs) (laughs) as you do quite random yeah yeah quite a lot of migrant boats out last year which um Mm. can can really affect affect the swims um yeah there's there's I didn't see anything that interesting floating around um there's a bit in the middle they call the separation zone between the English shipping zone and the French shipping zone and they often say oh you get a lot of rubbish in there you get a lot of sort of seaweed it's a bit like the central reservation on the motorway um so there there was a lot of jellyfish in there on my first swim but not on my second swim I didn't didn't see any jellyfish at all um yeah it's a it's obviously a very it's amazing to see the the sunrise or the sunset in the channel while you're in the water is is an amazing experience it's yeah something you never forget really it's wonderful amazing I mean, yeah. What an achievement! Well done. Um, I'm, you know, when yeah, when 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 I saw that second one come through, I just felt, I don't know, pride for you. And that's just an yeah. amazing achievement, given the yeah. adversity of the and the experience from the first time round. And like I said, for me in my head, it's literally like less than the running track from the coast. I can, yeah, like, unfathomable, yeah. really. Yeah, a lot wow. of people obviously didn't know I was going out, so. So the response I had from that swim, they were like, wow, she's gone again. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a copy of the map of, of the tracker? Have you got that pr- printed or oh, anything? Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
yeah really nice haven't, haven't got around to tattooing it anywhere yet <laughs> <laughs> okay so a couple of the listeners put some questions towards you first of all um a guy that i've done some coaching with is a, is a friend of mine um alex walton um he says you know how do you structure your training and how do you fit it all in obviously i've just referenced you you're a teacher you're also mm. you know a wife and a mum um which both of those things have their have their pressures how Mm. so so you know i I said earlier a long training session view is sort of seven hours in the yeah yeah how do you fit it all in how do you structure it do you do much pool swimming etc etc so it was a lot easier in 2020 because i was furloughed from from work and then obviously I don't work in the in the summer holidays. So that that was a lot easier to do my training. This my training for the North Channel has been a lot harder because obviously I've had I'm back at work, I'm back coaching in the evenings as well. Um so for me it's long swims at the weekends and then um pool swim during the week, which I didn't do last year. So this is complete this is quite different to my training last year. Um, but I do pool swims, a couple of pool swims in the week and some lake swims. I I try and have a day off. Um, usually it's a Monday now just to recover from the weekend. And I found that now my swims are longer. So I'm doing, say, seven hours on a Saturday, six hours on a Sunday. Um, I really do need the recovery in the week between, between those swims, especially if I'm working. It, it is hard. It is really hard. Um, it's hard with family. I mean, obviously, anyone that's done anything like Iron Man with a family, it, it's um, you can get through that without getting divorced. <laughs> and that's pretty good going. That's part of the matrix, isn't it? The training yeah. matrix. Luckily, I did all mine before having kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that's that's interesting. I, I I guess you mentioned about coaching. I I, I imagine is it adults or children that you're coaching? Uh, children yeah well both they, really yeah they must love it having a channel channel swimmer as their coach how cool yeah, is that yeah yeah I think I've inspired some of the kids I've got a uh, a boy who's doing a 2k um open water swim for charity a charity very close to his heart and who I'm helping out has been quite inspired by my channel swim so yeah hopefully I've got some aspiring channel swimmers coming up through swimming club as well yeah right and then the last question from uh, Maxi or Max Triathlete, sorry, he says he's asking, you know, the 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 mix of solid versus liquid carbohydrates and the practicalities of fueling whilst swimming the channel. Yeah. Obviously, the, the, I'm all right in saying you can't touch anyone or anything no. on the boat, so everything has to be passed to you. Yeah. Yeah. So hands, a, et cetera. Yeah. So I have a bottle on a on a on a sort of fishing on a line thing so they throw the bottle down to me and it's one of the protein bottles so I've got um the drink section at the top and then a a bit that unscrews at the bottom that they can put solids in so for me I feed every hour for the first three hours and then I feed every half an hour um and then I alternate um I have liquid every time but I have a solid feed every other every other feed I'll take some solids on it's not an awful lot that I take on I'll have like chocolate buttons and or banana I have like rice krispie cakes um as well um and I as you 
for a long swim you get a bit fed up with having the carbohydrate drink all the time so I do have um, black tea with fructose sugar in it as well which which um just gives you a bit of a boost and it's not so it doesn't feel so claggy as all the carb stuff right like yeah. I, I guess you, you you have to have a bit of an emphasis on what works for you yeah and yeah. also keeps your morale high yeah 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 there's nothing like some some chocolate buttons and a bit of a bit of tea when <laughs> imagine chocolate buttons and tea in the middle of the english yeah. channel yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Well, look, Lucy, congratulations on that. I know it was a, it was a few months back now, but that is an yeah. amazing achievement. Like you said, nobody can ever take that away from you, and nobody mm. should even want to take that away from you. That's just a, a brilliant, brilliant um, achievement. And I know, and you, you know, you've inspired many, many people to 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 do their own epic. And mm. I've got a few friends and and clients who are you know considering doing things along the lines of what you do and I think listening to how you've kind of talked about it and the challenges you've faced and the success and the failure is a really mm. good lesson for people looking to get into you know big open water swims to to take and learn from and yeah. your journey is by no means finished it's um you know, I'm definitely going to keep track on you on the on the uh the, on yeah. the next one you've got it sounds yeah. for me that sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think the thing for me is that what's the worst that can happen and if the worst that can happen is failure I've I've had that and and you cope you you uh, you know the failures are what what builds us and, and we learn I've learned so much not just about swimming but just about myself from from that failure um and it does make you stronger it makes you a much stronger person to know that you can come back from that Definitely. so yeah Definitely. take on take on any challenge that that comes comes your way because I mean to to be out in the middle of the to be out in the middle of the sea is, is what an experience whether you make it or you don't make it it's yeah it's amazing amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing. well look, Lucy thanks very much for giving up your time to join join us today on the Evolve Pod um Thank what you. an inspiring story I feel like I should dig my wetsuit out wetsuit sound <laughs> pathetic compared to you yeah <laughs> and, and go for a, go for a little swim um yeah and I think next time I do swim I'll definitely be thinking about some of the challenges and the themes that you've brought up today and how you've managed to, to kind of you know work through that to, to achieve something that's truly truly amazing there's a reason why it's one of the world's toughest challenges yeah, yeah. um yeah well done well look Lucy thanks very much look after yourself it's been a real pleasure to have you on um, okay. And everyone listening, I'll share Lucy's um, details on socials if you want to follow and keep up to date with her, for her with her upcoming challenges and all things open water for me. But Lucy, thank you and uh, enjoy the rest of half term and yeah. um, I'll keep in touch and we'll speak to you soon. Great. Thank you. Thanks. You're, you're welcome. And to the listeners, thanks again for listening. Please do keep tuning in, keep sharing, uh, keep liking, keep listening and learning. And uh, we'll bring you some more awesome content next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>